0: Hello everybody, it's Ben Glebe. The show's starting in a second. Just a couple quick things. I know I said that during this last week that passed, my shit Hitchhiker's Say video would be hitting the internet web tubes, but it is not. It's not done yet. It's almost done, and it'll be out soon. Definitely during this week coming up, you will get it released, and you'll see it on the Twitter feed, and it'll come out, and you'll watch it. And also, if you want to see me live, I will be on tour coming up. Tonight, I'll be performing in Fort Lauderdale, Wednesday, April 25th, at the Improv there in Florida. Nashville at Zanies, April 26th through 29th. Las Vegas at the Paris Hotel and Casino, May 3rd, 4th, 5th. Coming to Tacoma, Washington, the Tacoma Comedy Club, July 12th through 14th. And the Laughing Skull in Atlanta, Georgia, July 19th through 22nd. That's all the announcements. The show begins right now. Is Kim Kardashian entering politics? Is Syria's ceasefire just for show? President Obama ate a dog. Lenders start messing up the economy again. The Secret Service Colombian prostitute scandal gets a lot less secretive. Shareholders reject high pay for CEOs. Porn shuts down the brain. Jellyfish are taking over the oceans. And we talk celebrity stoners, plus Twitter answers and the Thunder Round. All this and more during the Last Week on Earth with Ben Carroll, Harvard, Film at Eleven. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's
1: no five. One. Last 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 week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth.
0: That's our theme song everybody you're familiar with it um i had a vision for what i wanted the theme song to be i went to my good friend comedian ben morrison i'm like ben can you help me create this and he said i'm a comedian i'm not a theme song creator and i said come on ben morrison he said all right let's do this actually, he actually is very talented musically and look for an album perhaps of he and i doing some weird freestyle rap things we're gonna be calling we're gonna be calling ourselves ben's because we're both ben's and uh, it'll be coming your way right into your ears and right, in, right into your eardrums um Pretty interesting week happened this last week. I told you guys that I was going to be hosting the L.A. Family Housing Awards Banquet and Live Auction and Cash Donation Auction. Um, I did that on Thursday, and it was incredible. In one night, we raised over $775,000, three-quarters of a million dollars to help homeless families get back on their feet, get housing, get sustainable job training so they can get jobs and get their lives back on track. So that was quite an honor to be able to do that and be a part of that awesome organization. And because it went so well when it was finished, even though I had a lot of work to do after that the next couple days, you had to indulge in the open bar. You don't have a choice when there's an open bar and you just help a lot of families. You have to get plastered. So I did that and... Next morning, I was hurting. I was in pain. I woke up on Friday. I swear to you, I thought it was Saturday. My dentist called me at a dentist appointment and he was like, where are you? And I'm like, what do you mean? This is Saturday. And then they're like, no, no, it's Friday. And I had to like reschedule the whole Friday, found things around my apartment. Like it was the hangover. I didn't know I interacted with them. There were monkeys running around. There weren't monkeys, but there was like some kind of red juice all over my kitchen floor. And I don't remember making cocktails. I don't have a red juice in my apartments. So I don't know. Could have been a bleeding monkey. You never know what caused it. But check out LAFH.org if you want more information on LA Family Housing. Amazing group of people. An amazing cause. Also, I apologize if I sound a little weird today. I'm a little bit under the weather this week. Maybe started by the drunkenness. I don't know what it is. Maybe Felicia Day got me sick a week delayed. Maybe she has super uh, time travel sickness. I doubt it. I think it's just me. I got sick. I'm working too hard, pushing the needle on both ends of the haystack with the candles burning on both sides of the of the of the of the of the candle. And uh I feel okay, it's just my throat hurts a little bit. You know, it feels like ninjas jumped down my throat as though it were an elevator shaft and they had their swords drawn. I don't even know if ninjas carry swords. I know they have ninja stars. But I feel like I've seen them with swords. So I'm gonna go with they they sometimes have swords. We're brought to you this week by sponsors. We bring things to you. Let's get right into it this week, for last week. Kim Kardashian, mayor of Glendale? The illustrious Kim Kardashian said she wants to run for mayor of Glendale in about five years. Um, The theme song of our show, Last Week on Earth, mixes a sound clip of Kim Kardashian with political clips. I meant it as a satirical point, counterpoint. I pray to God she didn't hear that and that gave her any ideas. Because if I'm responsible for this, if myself and Ben Morrison, who created the theme song with me, are responsible for this, uh we owe a great a great debt to the world, and we we'll have to make it we'll have to do like billion hours community service. Also, what advantage does she think she has to run for Glendale's highest office? Being Armenian, everybody in Glendale is Armenian. Although I'm sure her campaign sex tapes would be very inspiring. Maybe her advantage is that she's the only Armenian with no hair. They I'll look at her with wonderment like she's a god. How does this Armenian walk the earth hairless? Uh, I just have it lasered. She has lasers! Bow down to the laser-wielding woman. She could win. She'll probably win. Maybe she'll turn Glendale around. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's a politician and she doesn't even and she doesn't even know her, her full full potential. Maybe she'll become vice president one day. And then hopefully the president she's serving under gets assassinated and then she becomes president. Why did I just say that in that way? why did I say she runs for president? I take that back. I would never want our president to be assassinated, obviously none of them. But especially not if Kim Kardashian's vice president. In that special circumstance, please please live a long, prosperous life, mister President. Whoever you will be in the future. Syria. Ceasefire. Game on. The Associated Press reports that activists said fighting and government shelling has stopped in Syria's central city of homes in advance of an expected visit by UN observers. The UN's coming back quick. Stop the killing. Stop killing people. We don't want the UN to see. Game off. Apparently the troops are hiding armored vehicles since the tanks pulled off the streets into a police base because the UN's coming around the corner. The UN brokered this ceasefire, right, that technically went into effect last week. It was fact for a day and then started unraveling badly. The regime's forces have been shelling rebel-held neighborhoods and homes and opposition fighters were reported to have ambushed government troops. But the British-based Syrian Observatory for Human Rights says home is peaceful for the first time in more than a week. And said they had no reports of violence through most of Saturday in all of Syria. Which is one day after there was shitloads of violence all over Syria. Syrian troops fired tear gas and bullets on thousands of protesters who spilled out of mosques after their afternoon prayers. How does that not shake your confidence in religion a little bit? just moments after you finish praying, the whole crowd gets shot at. Shouldn't the prayers at least hold for like 15 minutes before wearing off? Maybe that's why they pray so often over there, like five times a day and whatnot. Because their prayers are weak. need to be constantly refreshed. Listen, I don't really mean that. Obviously, they pray a lot because they're very devout people who believe that's what God wants them to pray a ton. I think you should do it. All I'm saying is, Maybe pray, but then also when you're leaving the church, don't feel like you have some protection. Maybe it's God's plan for survival of the fittest and like carry a weapon or run fast out of the church and seek cover. So it's a very scary situation over there. And the UN hopes to have 30 observers in Syria by next week to monitor this very tenuous ceasefire. That'll do it. 30 people. That's all you need to stop a civil war. 30 folks. Why not just save on plane tickets? Send 10 guys with loud megaphones or some shit. It's actually sort of what they have now. Currently, they only have an advanced team of eight. Eight people. Hey, guys. Stop.
1: Stop the killing, guys. Guys, I'm over here with the UN shirt.
0: It's very difficult. You know what else is difficult? Understanding the brain of Fox News' is Steve Doocy who made up an Obama quote this week when talking to Mitt Romney in an interview. On Thursday, Ducey said to Mitt Romney, quote, how do you respond to President Obama who said, unlike some people, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. When in reality, the president had said, somebody gave me an education. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. You see the difference, Ducey? And one, you're saying the president attacked you directly, and the other, he's talking only about himself, douche magnet. You're a newsman. You're on the news. I take getting shit much more seriously. Take getting shit right much more seriously. This is a comedy podcast.
1: Un podcast de comedia.
0: The good news is the nation's mood's improving. The number of Americans who think things are going well in the country's on the rise. According to a new national poll, according to a CNN ORC, International Survey, or ORC means, but whatever, released Friday, 43% of Americans say things are going well in the country. Only three points higher from February, but up a fantastic 19 points from August. That means, of course, 57% still think things are going badly, which is, however, though down 16 points from August. Nearly one-quarter say the economy is starting to recover. Four in ten say it's stabilized. And one-third say the downturn is getting worse. I never understood. Why do we care what people think about facts? I think the economy is doing better. Oh, well, it must be better then. Aren't there statistics and numbers that can prove these things? What does the average Joe think? This is not the average Joe in the streets? I never understood that. Local news is notorious for that. Some big event will happen. They'll be like... We'll be right back with full reaction. Those interview people in the streets, what do you think about the trial verdict? Well, I don't give a shit what you think because you're a regular person in the street. You don't have a law degree. You're not one of the lawyers in the case. You're a regular human being. They're not Skyping me into the live broadcast. I, I just read this, heard the story right now and I'm stunned and I'm waiting for more details from you, which you should be doing right now instead of talking
1: to me. That's
0: the stupidest. Mark Zuckerberg, it came out this week, made the Instagram deal on his own. Facebook's purchase of Instagram for $1 billion which surprised the world. Apparently, it also surprised Facebook's board. Zuckerberg told his board the day before the deal was announced that they were buying the photo sharing app. He worked it out by himself in three days of negotiations with Instagram's founder, Kevin Seistrom, in Zuckerberg's home. Seistrom wanted 2 billion initially. Zuckerberg told him to imagine a day when Facebook was worth 200 billion or more. In which case, 1% of the company would meet his price. That convinced Seistrom, and the deal was done. But the board was told, not consulted. Damn, son! Zuckerberg is all like, I own this motherfucker. I'm gonna buy whatever the fuck I want. You're my board. You ain't my mommies and daddies. Zuckerberg is a gangster, dude. He probably also behind those closed doors said, imagine a day when Facebook's worth $14 billion. What? Well, they're already worth $100 billion. Imagine a day when Facebook's worth $14 trillion and we have complete world domination. And the guy's like, I'm in, dude. I am sold. He's a gangster. Not as gangster, though, as the asshole guy that murdered all his people in Norway, Anders Bering Brevik, who's on trials, cover all over the news this last week. He was declared sane enough to stand trial. Um, first he was earlier decided that he was insane, found that by psychologists. Then new ones came in and they reversed it. The guy's 33 years old. And with a bomb attack and a shooting spree last July, he killed 77 people in Norway. Um, his lawyer, Ger Lipstad, which is an insane name just for a lawyer, told reporters his client would defend his actions during his 10 week trial saying he will also say he regrets he didn't go further. Bravik always admitted carrying out the attacks, saying they were atrocious but necessary part of a crusade against multiculturalism and Islam. He denies they were terrorist activities. Yep, you definitely want to stop that multiculturalism by murdering everybody. What a moronic, evil asshole. When they were considering sending him to a site, to a psychiatric ward when he was first declared insane he said that would be a face worth, worse than death I should do both I should kill him in a psych ward this guy what an asshole how is insanity ever considered a reason to not put somebody in prison or give them the death penalty I never understood that in my whole life why is it less bad if the person was crazy in some ways it makes it worse because the crazy person can't learn from their mistakes how is it better oh he's a mass murderer but the guy was crazy he's nuts I've had crazy ex-girlfriends, I, I would not jail them if they tried to murder me. Murder me? If they tried to murder me, I'd let that slide. But if they tried to murder me, then forget it. Reminds me of an old Bobby Slayton stand-up bit where he goes, the defense is always my client didn't know what he did. Then great. He won't know we're going to kill him. Put him in an electric chair and tell him it's a ride. He also said apparently that um, he did it in self-defense. Because, yeah, 77 people in two different locations decide to attack people all the time. Randomly, one dude. You also say learn from studying Al Qaeda. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And for like a year or something, every day he played World of Warcraft. Learned to get that mindset from that video game. So that's scary a little bit. But most people can separate that line. Oh, fun video game. You know? When I. Go to a yogurt shop, a frozen yogurt shop. I don't think that every food item can come swirly, frozen, out of a machine that I pull myself. I don't go to then McDonald's and try to pull on knobs and hope hamburgers come out. It's the worst analogy ever that I just made. It's a horrible, horrible analogy. And he faces, by the way, 21 years in prison only, if convicted and still found sane. 21 years! Norway, step up your punishment system. 21 years, they said it could be extended. Yeah, step that shit up. Crazy mass murderer. Give him at least 30 years in prison, okay? Oh my God. A French designer said he's working with Apple to design a revolutionary product to come out later this year. Any guesses what it might be, guys? You got it right. An iPad mini. Are you fucking kidding me? How is that different than an iPhone or an iPod Touch? Those are exactly mini iPads. They're going to go in between both sizes? Well, see, the iPad is like less than a piece of paper, and the iPod is like a remote control. We're going to go half a paper or like two remote controls, so it doesn't fit on your pockets, yet at the same time it also is not big enough to really enjoy differently. We're just going to try to suck all money out of everybody we possibly can. And piss off our loyal followers by having new versions of our same shit every two minutes. That said, I got an iPhone this week. So shit's working somehow. And it gets even weirder. Sony just came out with a smart watch. The smart watch debuted in the U.S. last week. A month after it wowed Britain, apparently.
1: All of Britain was like, this is a wonderful watch, Look at this watch! What, what is it? It's so intelligent. How intelligent this watch is. Mim, Mim, come over here. Margaret has this wonderful watch. It's very intelligent. I don't
0: know what that was. Uh It's $150, and it's a bit like a smartphone for your wrist. You can read email and text messages on its 1.3-inch multi-touch screen. Control music library, and even trigger the camera shutter on your Android smartphone. I think it sounds pretty cool so far, right? What's the catch? Well, if you want to do more than tell time, you have to pair it with your smartphone
1: and use the Bluetooth connection. Um, You're saying you're buying a smart watch phone
0: watch, and it's not even nothing without your phone? They say basically it's just like a remote control for your Android smartphone. Who needs a remote for your phone? Is reaching into your pocket getting too time consuming? And Motorola it now came out with one that does work separate of a smartphone called the Moto Active. Which seems cooler, but it's only a fitness tool really. It acts as a GPS tracker, counts how far you've run, and it's an MP3 player. But it does store hours of songs at least. In a related story, no one in humanity has any more real life friends. So we're done with friendships. Obama ate a dog. You see that internet meme pop up this week? It's true. The Daily Caller's Jim Treacher dug up a previously overlooked excerpt in Chapter 2 of Barack Obama's best-selling book, Dreams Dreams from My Father.
1: Dreams from my father.
0: That details the president's early years growing up in Indonesia. The president writes, I learned how to eat small green chili peppers raw with dinner, plenty of rice, and away from the dinner table, I was introduced to dog meat, tough, snake meat, tougher, and roasted grasshopper, crunchy. Um, This is bad for Obama considering all the shit that his people and the Democrats gave Romney for keeping their dog in a crate on top of their car. Dog treatment became a big story. And yes, you shouldn't have a 12-hour drive across country with a dog in a crate on top of your car. Worse is eating it. It's definitely worse to eat the dog. And they're not gonna let this go ever. They're gonna take this criticism too far. They're gonna start saying that when Kenyans eat dog, they become part dog. Same people will say he's not Kenyan, he's American, and people can't become part dog. Then they'll shout again, then show us your birth certificate. Then he will again. Then they'll say, that's not the original, because we heard the original was used to wipe his mouth after eating a bunch of dogs. And the cycle will continue over and over again. It's totally ridiculous. Um, A genius four-year-old girl was discovered by Mensa this week, the genius organization. She's from Hampshire in Great Britain. Been accepted into Mensa with an IQ score just one point below Albert Einstein and Stephen Hawking. Heidi Henken from Winchester, 159 IQ. Taught herself to read and was able to count to 40 at two years old. Is 40 like an enormous amount by age two? I probably could at least count it to 25 by age two. Oh, that T is nice. That T is nice. Uh, British Mensa chief John Stephenage said that his, her parents correctly identified her as showing great potential. The average adult IQ score, by the way, is 100. Um. In 2009, Oscar Wrigley, aged two and a half at the time, um, became the youngest child ever during Mensa with an IQ of 160. And according to Mensa, signs you might have a gifted child. So write these down if you have children, or if you plan to have gifted children. An unusual memory, reading at an early age, intolerance of other children, and an awareness of world events. A gifted child will also ask questions all the time. Don't all kids do that? I don't know. A bunch of geniuses running around. If you ask parents. On the opposite side of the spectrum last week, a six-year-old girl was arrested. MSNBC.com reported. The family of a six-year-old Georgia girl is upset at police and school officials after the girl was handcuffed and taken to a police station for allegedly throwing furniture, tearing items off the walls, and knocking over a shelf, which injured the principal. Her father, Ernest Johnson, Said, a six-year-old in kindergarten? They have no business calling the police and handcuffing my child. He told WMAZ TV. Wemaz! The family on Tuesday demanded that the city change its policy. The AP reported. They claimed the girl was shaken up while at the police station. Yes, you're supposed to be shaken up when you're arrested. That's largely the point. Once, when I was in kindergarten, this is a true story from my life, I got in trouble for saying the word cocksucker, and then throwing a chair across the room. Maybe if I had been arrested, I would have stopped throwing chairs. I still throw them. Every day. I don't. But I learned my lesson without jail. But jail wouldn't have hurt me. Maybe it's also a good thing because we're living more and more in a police state, and so perhaps we let kids get used to it early. Sometimes the cops come and take you away for doing things out of the box. Although I'm not defending this girl. Apparently, she also was in the principal's office, was observed biting the doorknob of the office and jumping on the paper shredder. Biting the doorknob? Is she one of the velociraptors from Jurassic Park? That's like the least good way to open a doorknob. These velociraptors are mouths big enough to wrap around a doorknob. A young girl, it's just futile. You're just hurting your teeth. I said it plural. Oh, man, it's crazy. She reportedly was held in the squad room and given Coke to calm her down. They gave her Coke? Cocaine is the last thing this kid needs when she's already bouncing off the walls. Even if they meant they gave her A-Coke? Still, is caffeine the antidote? Maybe a juice box or some sleepy time tea would have been more apropos. Sleepy time tea drinking sounds like this. Ah. Excuse for me to drink some tea. And was it ridiculous of me to make a joke right there about a six-year-old on cocaine? Is that totally implausible? It's not, because a four-year-old just tested positive for cocaine. No motherfucking joke. Jacksonville, Florida police say a four-year-old boy tested positive for cocaine that he might have thought was white icing. Kids got to do better differentiating shapes. My God. According to the Florida Times Union, it started when cops responded to a complaint about prostitution at room 306 of the Candlewood Suites. Candlewood Sweets! Come bring your kids here for drug use. According to a police report obtained by the Times Union, the cops eventually were let inside the room. They found the four-year-old child and two men. The report says the four-year-old tried to eat something off the floor, but police stopped him. Substance turned out to be cocaine. First of all, who leaves their cocaine on the floor? There's no surface, no table in that Candlewood room. They didn't spring for the room with the table. And they also noticed, the cops noticed, there was white icing on the floor next to the cocaine. It was just a cruel visual trick to play on the young child. And they think the mother's... that the child's mother could also face charges of child endangerment. You think so? You think she should? For leaving cocaine on the floor and let her child run around while she's prostituting herself? I would say that definitely breaks several mother rules. And honestly... I just hope the stuff that the kid did was pure. You don't want the kid getting hooked on unclean cocaine. Because that could create all kinds of problems down the road. Lenders get back into subprime credit. Oh boy. Daily Beast reports. Of course, first the banks wouldn't lend. Now they're back to lending to risky borrowers. This is what ruined the world economy. As banks look to make up... For fee income that's been barred by new regulations, they've gone back to offering loans and credit cards to borrowers with bad credit. Credit card companies gave out 1.1 million new cards to borrowers with bad credit in December, up 12.3% from just the month before. Capital One, especially aggressive, which you can tell from their commercials of Vikings running at you, have been wooing customers just out of bankruptcy lenders are also giving more auto loans to people with bad credit analysts say the banks are attracted to the high interest rate borrowers with damaged credit because they pay these high interest rates yeah and flies are attracted to shit doesn't mean you let them run the banking system crack addicts are addicted to crack don't let them run the banking system of the planet the banks are trying to make up for the billions in fee income wiped out by regulations enacted after the financial crisis by focusing on two parts of their business, the high end and the low end, industry consultants say. Obama was supposed to make regulations to stop this from happening again. Why do the new regulations outlaw fees? They should outlaw practices that will crumble the economy again, dummy. Don't outlaw fees. Let banks charge fees and we can choose what banks we want to go to. But do not let them, but do outlaw Giving bullshit loans, predatory loans to people who don't understand what they're signing or can't afford it possibly. Subprime borrowers typically pay high interest rates up to 29%. And then, of course, rack up fees for those late payments, for late payments. 29%? Are you fucking kidding me? Good lord, that's a high percentage. Credit card lenders extended $12.5 billion in loans to subprime borrowers last year, up 54% from 2010, according to Equifax and Moody's, but still below the $41.6 billion in, 2000, in 2007 when the crisis blew up. Yeah, but we're climbing. We're climbing there fast. We'll get back to a crisis soon. Don't worry, guys. We forget quickly, and then shit
1: goes crazy, and then the world economy crumbles once again. Because we never remember the mistakes of our lending practices, and the world
0: economy crumbles once again. It's a new hit single by My Delirium. It's a new band called My Delirium. Never listen to that song again, because that was really weird. Sorry for that pause. <coughs> Sorry for that cough. just choking on sleepy time tea. getting so sleepy. it's not sleepy time. Tea. I got throat coat tea here. It's coating my throat. all right, you, you wonder you got you, you come halfway through. And you're thinking when is he going to talk about the Colombian prostitute scandal? Let's do it. Eleven members of the Secret service have had their security clearances stripped. We talked about it briefly last week. Here's much more details to come out. The government's launching a full probe into what went on in Cartagena, Colombia last week. Agents are believed to have broken curfew and brought prostitutes back to their hotel prior to President Obama's arrival to some of the Americas. Six have already been fired, including two supervisors. But that's confusing to me. Prostitution's legal in Colombia. So I don't understand what the issue is exactly. What is the problem if it's legal, right? I didn't understand it until I heard what the real issue is on Meet the Press. Here's Rep. Daryl Issa, Chairman of the House Government Oversight and Reform Committee, explaining what the real problem is.
1: The real point is, will we have confidence that it will never happen again, uh, particularly foreign nationals having access to, uh, to our men and women in, uh, in, in the Secret Service? That's the important part that uh director is working on. Yes, these were prostitutes, which is awful and salacious, but they were also foreign nationals. Every one of these Secret Service people who had a contact with any foreign national of any sort would have had an obligation to report this potential problem.
0: Ah, so it's not the prostitute part, it's the foreign national part. The other guest on Meet the Press, Homeland Security Chairman in the House, Peter King, expanded on that point further, and seems to have an even less negative view of prostitutes.
1: These were not low-level agents involved. You do have supervisors involved. Just what were they thinking? Uh, again, that has to be the question. And as uh, Chairman Issa said, the key thing here is not that they were prostitutes. That makes it good you know, for the tabloids. The fact that foreign nationals were brought back into a security area on the eve of the trip of the President of the United States goes against everything the Secret Service stands for. The, um,
0: I think the underlying message here is uh, everybody in Congress is freaking out. They're like, let me just make clear. There's nothing wrong with visiting prostitutes. It's just they were foreign nationals visiting a secret service. and That's against the rules. We're cool with hookers. Just want to make sure everybody understands. If anybody uncovers that, say, we, for example, visited hookers, it, we're not criticizing that part of the story. That's the media going nuts. President Obama finally spoke publicly about this. He was asked whether or not this thing is making him angry. They're trying to find some emotion from Obama, and here was his response.
1: If it turns out that some of the allegations that have been made in the press uh, are confirmed, then, of course, I'll be angry. You see, anger is an emotion that you experience when things are confirmed, and once they're confirmed... It processes in the limbic cortex, part of your brain, where you decide what level of anger you're going to have. It's like, for example, when Ranger Smith takes away my picnic baskets, I feel perturbed, but I wouldn't say I feel completely angry until I look around the campsite and make sure he didn't accidentally drop an apple or a bologna sandwich, my friend. So that was Obama's opinion of this.
0: But is this an isolated incident? Is this the first time a Secret Service misbehaved? Hmm, David Gregory, tell
1: us. Secret Service agents assigned to the elite counter assault team, which responds to any attack on the president, sometimes watch pornography on White House satellite channels, in the band room in the basement of the executive mansion in Miami and Ohio, according to sworn affidavits by several agents, the Secret Service supervisors brought professional strippers into the offices. Oh, oh,
0: so it seems, uh no, not the first time that they've acted like this. And a related question, can I join the Secret Service? Because you get to be a secret guy and travel the world and bang hookers and look at porn all day and have strippers. It's like my life, but you travel more. I travel a lot. I'm pretty much in the Secret Service, only I just tell everybody on Twitter everything I do. Other than that, we're the same. I've never visited a prostitute, by the way. I think it's necessary. I mean, you can do what you want. Whatever you want to do, it's you know, it's it's a free country, except when it's illegal. But when it's legal, you can do what you want to do. It ain't my cup of teas. Cups of teas, by the way, sound like this. Ah, delicious. Um, you know, it's very interesting to me that our Secret Service, because as you see, this next part of the story, they even post strange things on their Facebook pages. I don't think they're taking the secret part of their job seriously enough. In the 2008 campaign, just came out this last week, um one of the guards that was guarding Sarah Palin, Secret Service agent, posted a picture on his Facebook of him looking at Sarah Palin from behind with the tagline, I'm really checking her out, if you know what I mean. Here's a clip, and you will hear Sarah Palin respond with her always... Uh, opinionated thoughts
1: service story back in two thousand nine you had one of the uh... secret service agents involved uh, uh... agent cheney posting on his site as he's protecting uh... former candidate palin i was really checking her out if you know what i mean and governor palin responded to that on fox this week well this agent who was uh... Kind of ridiculous there and posting pictures and comments about checking someone out well check this out bodyguard you're fired
0: Check out, bodyguard. She's such a weirdo. She's right in this instance, but check this out, bodyguard. You're fired. You don't really call people bodyguard like that. It's not really title. Who do you think you are, Whitney Houston, Sarah Palin? Check this out, bodyguard. You fired. You betcha. But that's pretty ridiculous. In his defense, she is really hot. I think I've so. been I've been criticized for saying this. I think she's attractive. I was at the Republican Convention in 2008, covering it for NPR, and I was very close to this woman. And she's stunningly beautiful. does not mean you should be staring at her in a sexual way when you're there to protect her. doesn't excuse that at all. And he's right, bodyguard, to be fired. You're out of there, bodyguard. Um, the only part of the story I still d- don't get is why it's such a big deal, because this was the day before the president got there. It's not like the prostitutes were going to spend the night. That would have been very expensive. Even by government-wasting-money standards, you don't let the hookers spend the night. And how did the story get leaked? The Secret Service and prostitutes, both professions are usually great at keeping things quiet. Maybe two secretive professions cancel each other out. How did it come out? Because one of the Secret Service agents, or bodyguards, refused to pay the prostitute after the business transaction, uh, so to speak. That is a bad move. person whose service has to be secretive. And a Colombian hooker? You know she's going to be all, are you freaking kidding me? You're going to bang me real good and then not pay me? Uh Uh-uh, chico. I'm going to tell everybody. That's what happened. Now you're fired. So that sucks, bodyguard. Lawmakers' words were echoed at City Hall in Cartagena when the mayor, the lawmaker of Cartagena, Colombia, said, and I quote, what a shame this whole commotion occurred because these gentlemen wanted to have sex without paying for it. Said Carlos Figueroa. I'm sorry, spokesman for the mayor. Uh, that's a strange way to phrase it, Mr. Spokesman for Mr. Mayor. It occurred because they wanted to have sex without paying for it? You mean with a prostitute, right? You're not trying to imply that all sex should always involve money. Is that weird? Oh boy, moving on. Republican Congress passes tax cut for small businesses this week, but by small business, they mean pretty big businesses. They passed a $46 billion small business tax cut under which Donald Trump would count as a small business. But same time this week said we didn't have $6 billion, just six to keep the interest rates low on student loans. And if they don't act by June 1st, Congress is an act. Those rates will raise on students, as long as we cut money for Donald Trump, cut cut taxes. That's a smart move. That is how you keep rich people who inherited wealth rich and how you keep those who were not privileged down. And it's also how your country loses its standing in the world and perhaps collapses by not allowing people to get educations in your country. So is this what the Republicans want? Our country to collapse? Of course, they say the opposite and getting handouts helps nobody. You got to put yourself up with your own bootstraps. I don't know what bootstraps are. look at the numbers you don't give tax cuts to donald trump when we're in significant trouble and just six billion and the grand scope of trillions of dollars the government plays in keep tax breaks for student loans student loans suck balderdashes oh my god it's totally ridiculous well you know there's just so much that it's hard to understand and just keeps plugging away, why we can't just have the common good as our goal. I will never understand why the common good of our nation and the people in it, all of us together as one under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all, and I just riff that, but you can quote me on that last part. The insanely high city group c e o pay has been rejected by shareholders. The New York Times reports. In a stinging rebuke, Citigroup shareholders rebuffed on Tuesday the bank's $15 million pay package for its chief executive, Vikram S. Pandit, marking the first time that stock owners have unified an opposition for outsized compensation of a financial giant. The vote comes amid rising national debate, the New York Times reports, over income inequality suggesting that anger over pay for CEOs has spread from just being an Occupy Wall Street issue to wealthy institutional investors, like pension fund and mutual fund managers as well. 55% of the shareholders voted against the pay increase, which laid out compensation for the top five executives of the bank, including Mr. Pandit. Now, the vote is non-binding. It's part of the Dodd-Frank financial reform bill that passed that requires public companies let shareholders voice their opinion about compensation. And um, one of the guys at one of the money management companies that owns a lot of stock in Citigroup said CEOs deserve good pay, but there's good pay and there's obscene pay. And he thinks that that was a ridiculous amount. And that was Mr. Brian Wenzinger from Aronson Johnson Ortiz. The money management group owns 5 million Citigroup shares. Citigroup, just for the record, by the way, has had the worst stock performance among the large banks over the last decade, but ranked among the highest in terms of compensation for top executives. Last year, just so you guys know also, Vikram Pandit, CEO, the compensation included $1.67 million salary and a $5.3 million cash bonus. In addition, a retention package valued at $40 million to be rewarded between then and 2015. Now, in fairness, in 2009 and 2010, after the crisis, as he was struggling to pull the bank back from the brink, he accepted only $1 annual salary. That's nice of him. We should definitely now give him crazy amounts of millions to make up for those years. So really, it's like he didn't get paid $1. The issue, according to some companies, is whether or not pay was linked to performance and whether those targets were spelled out and sustainable over the long term. And they found that Citigroup was was... Wanting on both of those terms. Now, obviously, isn't that the issue? Obviously, don't we need, if we're going to pay people running companies that can have the ability to crumble the world, shitloads of money, shouldn't we at least tie it to performance? Great, here's a $15 million bonus if your company does well. Then that's great. Then we're in a free market system. People get rewarded for succeeding. But why the F would you get paid enormous amounts of money to fail your company, and drive the world economy into the ground. Does that make any sense? I'm surprised they didn't suggest the opposite. The more money our company loses, the more my pay goes up. That's what I suggest. Even though that actually happened, many companies, as the economy was crumbling in 07 and 08, even as they were defrauding their investors, they were getting paid exorbitant, insane pay packages. You know your pay is high when it comes in a package. Here's a package. Once you do the both, you're going to be very excited with what you find inside. And of course, Citigroup Citigroup was one of the companies that got bailed out. Though it has paid back its bailout money, in fairness. And to his credit, Mr. Pandit championed an idea that most Wall Street titans would shun, that regulation is good. Banks, he said, deserved new rules after Wall Street nearly collapsed in 2008. There needed to be changes, he said. And changes they indeed did get Congress passed a pretty broad regulatory overhaul in 2010 named the Dodd-Frank Act, which reigned in tax lending standards, risky trading, and the complex derivatives market. Penn even been sympathetic to Occupy Wall Street, because they very much hate his whole profession. And he last year said their concerns were completely understandable, saying it was up to Wall Street to rebuild that trust with scorned Americans. I like this guy, kind of. Give them 10 or 20 more million just for being humble. A new porn brain study says that porn makes brain regions shut down instead of stimulating them. Youporn.com reports. I mean, the HuffingtonPost.com reports. We only have this story and one more before we go into Twitter answers and the Thunder Round, so stay tuned. Watching pornography would seem to be vision-intensive, you would think. But new research finds looking at erotic movies can actually quiet the part of the brain that processes visual stimuli. Apparently, normally when you watch movies or do anything else visually, it sends extra blood flow to this brain region, but not when movies are explicit. Instead, it seems the brain shunts blood and therefore energy elsewhere. Perhaps, the study said, to regions of the brain responsible for sexual arousal. Uh, or perhaps to the nether regions, genius scientists. Why well, I gotta figure this shit out for the scientists. Where's the blood going during sexual arousal, scientific masterminds? Turns out the brain may not need to take in all the visual details of a sex scene. Said study researcher Gert Hulstige, a uroneurologist at the University of Groningen Medical Center in the Netherlands. Quote, If you look, for example, at your computer and you have to write something or whatever. Then you have to look specifically and carefully at what you're doing, because if you don't, it means you make mistakes. Hold stage told Life Science. But the moment you're watching explicit sexual movies, that's not necessary, because you know exactly what's going on. It's not important that the door is green or yellow. Yes, it's exactly right, Gert-Holsteej. Porn is not exactly known for its lighting and set design. No one's like, ooh. That's a very exciting pink lampshade in the background. Why is that girl biting on the doorknob, however? It's weird. The brain can either, it seems, be anxious or aroused or neither, but not both. And during orgasm, he's found activity in brain regions associated with anxiety plummets. And he thinks this phenomenon may explain why women with low levels of sexual desire often have high levels of anxiety. He says it makes sense if you're looking around, focusing on visual details, scanning for danger. It may not be so easy to focus on arousal. If you yourself are in a dangerous situation, you don't have sexual feelings because you have to survive for yourself, not for the species. True. However, I'm Jewish, and anxiety and arousal go hand in hand from day one. If I couldn't be aroused and anxious at the same time, I'd never been late my whole life. So redo your study on Jewish people and then get back to me. The findings apparently have implications for sexual dysfunction, who said, as they paint a picture of the brain in which safety is paramount and anxiety is a libido killer. So he says, and I quote, If you want to have sex as a man, you need to produce a safe situation for the woman.
1: Oh,
0: a safe situation. I guess no more trying to seduce women on cliffs for me. Interesting study, though. Walmart apparently bribed people in Mexico. Despite public embarrassment and blistering headlines, Walmart will likely escape criminal charges over allegations the retailer bribed officials in Mexico. First of all, who hasn't bribed an official in Mexico? I've done it many times. I pulled over one time in Mexico, had to bribe a cop with my broken Spanish, gave him 60 bucks to avoid going to the police station. Two congressmen announced there will be an investigation, however. Inter reports that Walmart's Mexican subsidiary, Walmart de Mexico, what a creative name that is, had paid $24 million in bribes to local officials in order to quickly obtain permits as part of a broader strategy to dominate the Mexican market. It went something like this. You want a Walmart down here in Mexico, man? Give me $2 million. And then I can build it. Yeah, totally, man. I'm being serious. Give me $2 million. Totally build Walmart right here, man. You own this part of the beach. I'd like to build this. Yeah, man, give me $2 million. You totally build here, okay? I gotta go. And he hops on his horse and gallops off. And listen, I've been to Mexico many times. I love Mexico. Pre-murder pre zone, before it was like death zone. You can rent horses on the beach. They're like wandering horses. I'll have a horse and extra horse on a leash. I was like, can I give you $4 to ride the horse for six minutes? He's like, deal. Deal, bros, do it. The horse I did rent though for $6 or $4 for $6, $6 on the beach. The horse was rabid and wanted to bite me. Kept trying to take me into the ocean and turn his head back to bite my leg. Couldn't quite reach, but it was frightening. He was kind of foaming at the mouth. I shouldn't have ridden this horse. I digress. It's time for Twitter answers. <laughs> Let's turn to the brain trust who never lets me down, always has interesting things to say. To this question for this week, what was your biggest regret? Lori Matheson at mouse me613. This is kind of an intense one said to me, my biggest regret is when my dad died. I had not spoken to him in two years. Never got the chance to patch things up or say goodbye. Um, that sucks. You know, I think it's it's so important to try to make sure you keep your relationships in life with people that you care about, even if you go through hard times, try to patch them up as soon as you can because you're never guaranteed another day. And, you know, as much as people can be in the wrong, and certainly sometimes people are 100% in the wrong on one side, but generally there's blame on both sides and people are so ego-driven they can't see their fault in something. And you have to realize, is it more important to be right or to be happy or to have people around you that you love? And... A very interesting uh, quote I heard, I'm sure you've heard it too, is, and whenever you can apply it, it's important to do it. Never let the sun go down in an argument. Granted, I first heard that quote at the beginning of the threesome scene in Wild Things, when Matt Dillon was trying to get Nev Campbell and Denise Richards to make out. He was like, never let the sun go down in an argument, as he kind of pushed them together to make out with each other. But that's, I think, why it's stuck in my brain. as a great quotation, because it can bring people together. Um, at Commander Anders said, "Biggest regret, trusting Paula Deen. Even now, she's tweeting about being in hog heaven with pigs in a blanket. I'm in hog heaven. Mmm, even though I have type two diabetes and my system's been ruined by the food I've been telling all y'all to eat for 20 years, I'm still doing it. I take pigs in a blanket whip them in sweet cream." Then mm-hmm. I give myself a fat girl piece. It's delicious. Mm. Forbes2 says, selling all my video games during my childhood. Hashtag Gleber Fever. Hashtag last week on earth. Forbes2 then tweeted again, very close second. Biggest regret is skipping my Gleber Fever immunizations. Now I'm hooked, damn it. Sorry about that, bro. At Maui2007 said, not traveling the world before getting full-time work yeah it's nice to travel the world you can maybe still do it i traveled all of western europe um right after high school before even college um i was too young to do it then we got we got uh robbed three times um especially in the last day of the trip sleeping outside but in the banks of the sand river by a bunch of drugged out homeless people we got robbed at knife point um they took our camera took our money and then the, and we were so upset about the camera took because it had this great film in it that we had taken pictures during these beautiful Paris days with like the, the mist coming through the fountains. And so we literally shouted out to the, I shouted out to the, to the guy that has robbed us. Please come back. Can you just give us our camera back? Just the film. Just the film. So they came back and robbed us some more. So what you don't want to do is uh, sleep outside. A, B, near crack addicts. C, once they're done robbing you, don't have them come back and rob you more. So. But seeing the world's a lot of fun, though. It's a lot of fun. At Julie Asia said, this week's last, said, uh, I'm sorry, said, underappreciating high school. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I I appreciate high school. I was my senior class vice president, and I wrote a, sc- a letter in the school paper that said, because uh, everybody would cheer when the principal was like, you only have 50 days to graduation. Everybody's like, whoa, we can't wait to get the fuck out of here. I wrote a, an article in the paper. I'm like, you have your whole life to be out of high school. Why not enjoy it now while you're here? There's no responsibility. It's fun. I did not have a girlfriend and did not get laid in high school. You don't get laid by writing articles about how great high school is in the school paper. And um at Tabizzle said, her biggest regret is doubt. Yeah. That's a hard one. I doubt all kinds of things all the time. And at La Candela said, not going to Australia and not having more kids. Ditto on both of those. I'd love a million more kids from the zero I got now. As far as I know. Quick correction from last week at We Jokin pointed out to me on Twitter last week. He said he said at Ben Glebe, sir, on your most recent last week on Earth, you said Warren Buffett's secretary paid more taxes than him. However, she pays a higher tax rate. Big difference. I know you know the difference, but for those who might be uninformed, I wanted to note. Thanks for pointing that out. I didn't mean she pays more taxes. He's a multi-multi-multi-billionaire, one of the richest guys on planet Earth. But she should not be paying a higher tax rate than him. It's absurd. It's time for Thunder
1: Round.
0: Yeah, there it is. Thunder Round's beginning. New Gingrich, bit by a penguin this week. Still in the race. Bit by a penguin. New Gingrich himself, a roly poly squatty little man, while visiting the famous St. Louis Zoo, was bit by a roly poly squatty little animal. Isn't that ironic? He was nipped on the finger by a penguin. Zoo Public Relations Director Susan Gallagher said a band-aid took care of the injury. Gingrich vowed he would not shun zoos. His spokesman, R.C. Hammond, said, quote, Newt is a zoo fan. He will be back. Oh, thank God. He loves sticking around places that clearly don't want him, doesn't he? I'm surprised he didn't say, I'm moving into the penguin tank. Cambridge made a habit of visiting zoos while running for president. Maybe he should have done less of that and more of better campaigning. Visited a bunch of zoos while running for president, yet somehow, even with zoo animals, he trails Romney by 20%. He toured the zoo right before he was supposed to speak at the NRA convention. I'm surprised he didn't just blow the penguin away. Goodbye, Penguin. Jack Nicholson turned 75 this week. I want to tell you a couple of facts about him in case you didn't know, so you know that it's never too late in life to succeed. One of the best actors of all time moved to Hollywood in the late 50s wanted to make a living in the movies. It was not a hit at first. For a time, he was an assistant to Hanna-Barbera, showed promise as an animator, but he quit that job, didn't want to be doing that. Started working with B-movie king Roger Corman on and off for several years did some very low-budget movies. By the late 60s, though, 10 years later, still had not hit Pater as a screen actor and was gradually resigning himself to working behind the camera as a writer-director. And then fate stepped in. His good buddy Dennis Hopper was about to shoot Easy Rider, and they had a huge falling out with Rip Torn, who was going to play the character of George Hansen. And all of a sudden, Jack got cast in that role, stole the movie, got his first Oscar nomination, and from then went on to win... Over the next six years, he been nominated for Best Actor four times in six years, won his first Oscar in 76, like 24, 25 years later, for One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, and to date has been nominated 12 times and won three Academy Awards, a record for a man. When asked for comment, Nicholson said, well, it's very exciting. I enjoy being 75 years old and having some jackass turn my whole life into a th- two-minute soundbite on his fucking podcast. I tell you what, why don't you keep your summations to yourself and let me go on and lead my birthday in peace, you son of a bitch. So that was aggressive, I felt like, for him to email that in and voice leave me a voicemail saying that. Jack Nicholson saying that. In response, Paula Deen said, Mmm, happy birthday.
1: I made you a cake with live live bacon strips on it.
0: I don't want your bacon strips. Don't you understand? I've never wanted your bacon strips. You make me want to be a healthier eater, Paula Deen. Shane O'Connor cancels tour after a serious breakdown. has not you been having a serious breakdown continuously for like 20 years? Said she's canceling her 2012 tour due to her bipolar disorder. In December, she split from her therapist, Barry Harridge, after 16 days of marriage. She makes Kim Kardashian's marriage seem longer. Cause it was. The Irish singer-songwriter best known for her early 1990s hit, Nothing Compares to You. And she didn't even write that song. Prince wrote it. So how is she still famous? Because she has a voice that sung one song well 20 years ago. One time in third grade, I sang Row, Row, Row Your Boat real nicely. You don't see me doing world tours. Well, for my singing at least. I will be on tour in Nashville at Zanies April 26th through 29th. Vegas at the Paris Hotel and Casino May 3rd, 4th, 5th. The Tacoma Comedy Club in Tacoma, Washington July 12th through 14th. Start getting ready. And a laughing skull in the vortex in Atlanta, Georgia July 19th. Through 22nd. Are jellyfish taking over the oceans? Populations of the translucent stinging invertebrates are exploding all over the world. Oh, come on! There's not enough jellyfish already? Beachgoers will want to be on high alert when they go into the water this summer, as populations of stinging jellyfish are booming in almost every ocean around the planet. What's worse is they seem to be most prevalent in areas where human activity is heavily concentrated. I was stung by a jellyfish once. It sucks balls. Swimming in the ocean, minding my business. All of a sudden, a stinging pain. I see this jellyfish swim by. I run to shore. My leg is turning red and messed up and swelled up. My friend offered to pee on me. I said, don't you dare pee on me. Thank God lifeguard came by. He had a bottle of vinegar spray on me. I had to go to the doctor. I had such a weird reaction. The doctor, while looking at it, said, I swear to God, he says to me, do you mind if I take photos of your leg? This is a like Quintessential example of like a bad reaction so I can show my UCLA class that I teach. So I was like, alright, I was posing in the back of it, trying to squeeze my face into my leg photos. It's unfortunate though that this is happening. And the second to last story I'll share with you in the Thunder Round here before <laughs> before I leave you, is we now have hot dog. We now have hot dog stuffed crust pizza. Paula would be so proud. Mm. I didn't even read this story. Just saw a headline that said we now have hot dog stuffed crust pizza and wanted to share it because we are gluttonous, crazy people. But it does lead nicely into our last story on celebrity stoners. Since four twenty, April 20th, passed this last week, the stoner holiday, I thought I would share with you an article I read about celebrity stoners. We all know about Miley Cyrus and Gaga and Prince Harry and Matthew McConaughey and Brad Pitt and every rapper live, 90% of comedians. But Barbara Streisand, if you needed some weed in Las Vegas in the 60s, apparently Barbara was your go-to woman. Barbara Streisand. Got great weed. Part of her stage act was to rant about relaxation, but how you have to avoid drugs in your life and avoid alcohol as a crutch to calm nerves. And then she would tell that whole story, and then at the end take out a joint and light it on stage. She admitted to Rolling Stone magazine. At first she would fake it. Then she started lighting live joints, pass them around to the band. Quote, it was great. It relieved all my tensions. And I ended up with the greatest supply of grass ever. Whoopi Goldberg, we all probably could have guessed, is a stoner. But in her 91 Oscars acceptance speech for Ghost, she was stoned as hell. When Denzel Washington said her name, she says, quote, I popped up and I thought, oh, fuck, okay up the stairs, around to the podium. Millions of people, pick up the statue. After a big win, her mom called her to congratulate and scold her because her mom could tell she was high because of her glistening eyes. And the last donor might surprise you. God himself, Morgan Freeman, said, quote, Never give up the ganja. It is God's own weed. Even when he talks about weed, it is inspiring, isn't it? I smoke marijuana and stare at penguins biting on the fingertips of Newton Gingrich sitting alongside my friend Andy Dufresne. I hope the weed is as good as it has been in my dreams. I hope that my Morgan Freeman impression gets better with time. And to my friend Jack Nicholson with whom I performed alongside in the bucket list. I wish you calm down and stop giving Ben Glebe such a hard time. Would you like a hit, Mr. Nicholson? Would you like a hit of The Ganja Weeds? In honor of 420, I will leave you all with a little freestyle rap of myself rapping with Craig Robinson. You know Craig Robinson, star of The Office, Hot Tub Time Machine, Zach and Miri Make a Porno, Pineapple Express, a million things, and his brother Chris Rob backstage at the High Times Awards last year from a video we did for MySpace. You heard me, MySpace. If you're high right now, I didn't mean to ruin your high by bringing you back to the old MySpace days. They were difficult and glitter-filled, I know. But the site still exists, believe it or not. And about a year ago, I was doing videos for MySpace News. They hired me. And Craig was at the High Times Awards performing with his band, Craig Robinson and the Nasty Delicious. So I asked Craig, who's a good buddy of mine, if we could flow a little. And because he's a super cool dude, he was happy to oblige. Craig is the one providing the bass line in the background. The first rapper you'll hear is his brother Chris. Then I jump in. Then Craig Robinson himself, or C. Robbins, I like to throw it down, hops in with a verse. I hop in with a little line and close it up. I hope you had a good week last week. Until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth.
1: I'm ready to do the damn thing. I'm not with this. Representing Shattown Metropolis. Freestyling, I'm going up on forever. However, you need to learn. Yo, y'all getting burned up like a joint. And that's my point. Do y'all feel the spirit? Let it anoint you. Let it anoint. Let it anoint. Let it Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh huh, because we never second place rocking all the rhymes. We're here with MySpace news, and you're feeling the blues, but they be gone because they be singing this song. It's the MySpace news, and we hit it. We talked around, we chilled, and then we quit it. And if it's
1: a message to this. Favorite story. Hold up! Can I interject? Cause I'm inspired C yeah, yeah. because of all the creativity that is around me. So I got to say, the C R A I G has to go on stage and I sheath my sword and to perform at the high times awards. And what we had to do was bring on the fun and let these motherfuckers know we ain't no chump. Yeah, my rhymes sound like they straight from the '80s. I don't give a fuck because I get paid C. Uh-huh. What? Yeah, I just said. Everybody. Come on, let's smoke some green crap yeah. And then, and here we go to the after party. Let them know how we do, how we are getting naughty. Yeah. After all, the names is yes. a nasty delicious. Uh. So don't be uh. surprised when we flip the switches. Uh. We're doing up and making me a real bad. Yeah. Okay, no, no, not like sad. Uh. but bad mean to And here we go, let's dust. It's a gift, son.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. Cause in life, not everything is gonna be nutritious. Sometimes you eat shit cause it's nasty delicious. Oh! <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's
1: right,
0: a close, that was a good that flow. That awesome. See Rob two and see Rob one. Thanks hey, for the flow, <laughs> man. That was
1: pretty fun. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.